0: Congregation, we're still dealing with the sacraments in the uh, part of the holy of uh, catechism about holy baptism, and now the Lord's Supper. Lord's Day twenty-eight. Lord's Day twenty-eight. And in that Lord's Day, we confess the following. How does the Lord's Supper signify and seal to you that you share in Christ's one sacrifice on the cross and in all his gifts? In this way, Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of him. With this command, he gave these promises. First, as surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me and the cup given to me, so surely was his body offered for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. Second, as surely as I receive from the hand of the minister and taste with my mouth the bread and the cup of the Lord as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely does he himself nourish and refresh my soul to everlasting life with his crucified body and shed blood. What does it mean to eat the crucified body of Christ and to drink his shed blood? First to accept with a believing heart all the suffering and death of Christ and so receive forgiveness of sins and life eternal. Second, to be united more and more to his sacred body through the Holy Spirit who lives both in Christ and in us. Therefore, although Christ is in heaven and we are on earth, yet we are flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones and we forever live and are governed by one spirit as the members of our body are by one soul. Where has Christ promised that he will nourish and refresh believers with his body and blood as surely as they eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup? At the institution of the Lord's supper, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This promise is repeated by Paul, where he says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to the Lord. You know what a receipt is, right? A receipt. If you buy something you get a receipt, if you've paid for it. It's a proof that payment has been made, and if you bought something that you want to bring back to the store or so, then you it's proof that you paid for it and you can exchange it. Well, you can call the Lord's Supper a receipt. the proof that payment has been made. That death and sin no longer have power over you because Christ has paid your ransom for you in full. As he himself put it in Matthew 20, which we read together, he gave his life as a ransom for many. A ransom, he paid. He paid, and the Lord's Supper is the proof of payment, you could say, which He gives us every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper. With that in mind, I proclaim to you the gospel as summarized in Lord's Day 28 with this theme the Lord's Supper is proof of payment. It shows three things about that payment. First of all, how large that payment is. Secondly, for whom the payment is made. And thirdly, that full payment has been made. So first of all, the Lord's Supper shows how large the payment is. Sometimes congregation, maybe you you order something on the internet and you get it, uh, you order it and it's delivered to your house and it's cash on delivery. It's delivered to your door but you need to pay before you receive the item you ordered. The thing is though, so like if you're not home, if you're, you're away, a brother or a parent c- can pay for you. They belong to the same family. Or a friend, if he's at your place, say, I'm, I'll pay for, for this person. Well, imagine that you, you bought some furniture or appliances or so, and, and you had them in your house and you were unable to pay. You bought them, let's say, on a payment plan and you were unable to pay. Then eventually, the debt collector is gonna come to your door because you haven't paid your debt. And along with him comes the repo man because if you don't pay, they're gonna take back what you, you purchased there. They're going to take the furniture or the appliances back again. But let's say the, the debt collector and the, and the repo man come to the door, and again, you're not home. Well, imagine, imagine, congregation, that a, a brother of yours or a close friend is at your place, and then he, he's confronted by that, that debt collector and the repo man. And say he pays the, the full amount you owe so that you can keep it all. Keep whatever you bought. When you get home, that brother or friend tells you what happened, how the debt collector came along with the repo man, and how he paid the amount you owed. And he shows you the receipt for the amount he paid, the proof of a payment. And then you're really thankful for that friend or brother, for his paying that, but you can't repay him. You're not able to. That's why you couldn't pay the debt in the first place. But say he says, no problem at all. It's on me. I did this for you. Congregation, that's how the Lord Jesus is for us. That's what he did for us. He paid our debt before God, which we could never hope to pay, but which only became more and more of a debt as time went on. And the Lord's Supper is the receipt, the proof of payment he gives us. He shows us, I paid. And therefore, we can keep our lives I mentioned payment and proof of payment because that's implied as I mentioned by the Lord Jesus himself in Matthew 20 where he says he came to give his life a ransom for many. He paid what we owed because of our sins. And I mentioned receipt or proof of payment because the Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper not only to teach us something but especially to assure us of something We confess that also in Article 33, Belgian Confession about the sacraments, that in them the Lord confirms to us the salvation which he imparts to us. He confirms it to us. And think of how the Lord Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper then too. He commanded us to eat of the broken bread and drink of the wine in remembrance of him. And to remember him implies then that In that Lord's Supper celebration, he shows us again, this is what I did for you. I paid for you. He, as it were, at the Lord's table, hands us the proof of purchase to certify that all our sins, our full debt was paid before God. The Lord's Supper, after all, is a participation in the blood and a participation in the body of Christ. So we have a relationship with him, even though he's in heaven and we're here on earth. You can compare him to the brother or the the friend who paid your debt in full for you, even though Jesus Christ is obviously much more than a brother or friend, but he's also the brother or friend who loves his own. Think of what he says, John 13, verse 1, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew His hour had come, that He should depart from this world to the Father, having loved His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Think of what He says later, John 15, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. He gave His life to pay our debt, the sins of his own in full, in other words. See, in the bread and wine at the Lord's Supper celebration, we can see how much was paid for us, how much the Lord Jesus Christ paid for us. He gave his holy life as ransom for us. Bread and wine are signs and seals of his body which was put to death for us, and his blood, which was poured out for us. He gave his holy life, his perfect life. He gave that consciously, knowing fully what he was doing. He had spoken about it beforehand on the way to Jerusalem, as we read in Matthew 20. This was an act of his, that payment with his life. And that's why he also said beforehand, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for, for many. And just before that, he also spoke about being about to drink a cup. He also mentioned that cup when he prayed to his father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And that cup was an expression Of bitter and intense suffering, suffering to death for others, suffering to satisfy the wrath of God against our sins and shortcomings, to pay for all we lack in the holiness God requires of us to live with Him. Jesus knew that that bitter suffering was going to come over Him beforehand. He knew that beforehand but he gave himself over to it out of love for us. And then later, Matthew 26, we read that too. He instituted the Lord's Supper so that we could always remember what he paid to set us free of all our debt before God. His life, his body and blood, Holy body and blood. The Lord's Supper is proof of payment from your brother and friend. It signifies and seals that everything you owed to God, your Maker, has been paid in full by Christ. He took it all on Himself. You've been ransomed from hell and the cup of God's wrath that all who go into hell, have to drink forever, has been emptied for you. Fully freed from the just punishment of all your sins through the one sacrifice of Christ on the cross. A huge debt paid by Christ's suffering and death which was fully sufficient. More than enough to pay. And that, that, you realize that brings us from the first point about the Lord's Supper showing the greatness of the payment to the second one, the Lord's Supper also shows for whom payment was made. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 28, he came to give his life a ransom for many. And in Matthew 26, verse 28, he said, that the cup is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of all their sins. Again, many, life a ransom for many. The cup is the blood of the new covenant shed for many, many. He paid for many, for all his disciples, for his brothers and sisters and his friends, those who do whatever he commands. As he said, John 15, those who do what I command. In in other words, people who follow Christ, submit to him, obey his call to be guests at his supper then too. They need and they want to see the proof of payment which he has provided. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. Do this so that you, you who still deal with sin and weakness here on earth may be assured again and again and again, you've been fully ransomed by my broken body and shed blood on the cross. That word many, if you think about it, it's a very encouraging word, isn't it? Many. It shows the power of the Lord Jesus, and it implies an invitation. Surely, he who gave his life a ransom for many would also think of me right no reason to think that jesus only saves extraordinary special people who have some kind of supernatural experience or so only very very few up there somewhere and that they only can take part in the lord's supper no jesus himself said many and maybe you say well now you're, you're going way too, too broad. Doesn't that make it too easy? No. The Savior had to do an immense work to ransom us. And yes, we need to obey his commands. But he paid in full for many. He said it himself. He knew who he was dying for. He knew. And he did what we could never, ever have done. He accomplished that for all those many. The disciples figured, you know, that we read that, they figured that they could do what Jesus did. In that passage we read in Matthew 20, James and John figured they had something special with Jesus. They were were kind of special disciples. And their mother agreed with them. So on, on their behalf... She went to Jesus, and she asked him to give her boys some kind of assurance that they would receive uh, places of honor in his kingdom, special places. And then Jesus says to James and John, you don't know what you're asking for here. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? And they, fully assured of their own abilities, said, we're able. We're able. Well then, says Jesus, you will indeed drink the bitter cup of suffering and be immersed in trouble, baptized in trouble, but that doesn't mean you're going to receive those places of honor you requested. That's my Father's decision. You will not receive a place of honor in the Lord's kingdom just like that, in other words. No, that's been given, has to be given by God the Father, but through Jesus Christ, he does grant a place of honor to many, many Not just a few special people, no, many. As long as you don't think you can achieve such a place by yourself. You're too weak and sinful for that. You can never pay the debts incurred by those sins and weaknesses yourself. No, the repo man is there to take everything you had and you'll even be arrested and there will be a trial and you'll certainly be found guilty, at least if you depend on yourself, your own abilities. No, you're not going to be given a place that easily. You need to expect everything from somebody else. You need to expect everything from Christ. You need to give yourself fully over to Christ, who paid everything for you. And that's the hard part. That's the hard part for us, to give up trying to make ourselves good and depend completely for our life on Jesus Christ and Him crucified, also for our direction in life. That's incredibly hard for us to do. But it's wonderful at the same time to know that you don't have to depend on yourself. You don't have to. And see, that's how the Lord's Supper celebration gives us assurance. When you take that bread and wine and you sit there and think about the meaning of that bread and wine, and you hear the words of institution, then you realize again, my debt is paid in full with the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. And then you eat that bread and drink that wine, and you realize he did it completely for me. I have the receipt here. And you look around you, And you see brothers and sisters eating the bread and drinking the wine with you. And then you can think of that word, many, many, including me and him and her, all sinners ransomed by Christ's death. And then the Holy Spirit assures you that you will also drink the wine new with the Lord in the kingdom of his Father. He comforts your heart when you see the proof of Christ's payment again. Full payment has been made. And that brings us to the last point of the sermon this afternoon. The Lord's Supper finally also shows that full payment is made. Congregation, the the Lord's Supper then certifies to us that our debt is fully paid by Jesus Christ. We don't have to bear punishment for any sin anymore. We don't have to pay for any of our sins, not at all. Sometimes we think we are paying for our sins, right? Maybe we have a lot to endure in our our life. It can become pretty difficult for us in life. But God's purpose in giving us troubles and afflictions in life is not to punish us for any sins. Christ has taken care of that. No, God always has a a positive purpose for our trials and suffering. Sometimes we see that. Sometimes we see He uses it to strengthen our faith. We look back and say, yes, what I went through helped me in my faith. Or maybe he can use our suffering to strengthen the faith of those around us. And you can think of someone who is, is dying because of some disease, of, of cancer or something. And stand those standing around the bed watching this, it's a holy moment and that strengthens their faith too. And it's always in order that we bring glory to God's name. His children endure in faith in their troubles like Job endured in his suffering. And then God is glorified and Satan is the loser. The thing is, your trouble and affliction is never Because of sins. For those who believe, it's never punishment for sins. Think of the words spoken at every Lord's Supper celebration. It's like you get that that receipt held out to you again, so you can read it. His body was broken, it said there, for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. His blood was poured out. You know, when the wine is poured, His blood was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Remission of our sins. He he ransomed us. He paid for our full freedom. What a relief. What a wonderful comfort to see that proof of payment, of full payment at the Lord's Supper celebration then. After a time of struggling with your sins and shortcomings again. You can come together and see the proof of payment again. No more punishment for those sins being paid for again. You see that every time again. And you might wonder yet what Jesus meant when he tells James and John in Matthew 20 that they will drink the cup that he was about to drink and be baptized with the baptism he was going to be baptized with on the cross when every, all God's waves and billows came over him. Well, that meant for those two, they were going to encounter a lot of suffering and struggle in their lives, in their ministry as apostles. But that su- trouble and suffering wasn't payment for sin. We know that, for instance, James was the first of the apostles to lose his life for the gospel. But that wasn't payment for for sin or so. No, remember that not long afterward, James and John sat with the table, sat at table with the Lord Jesus. We read about that and all the others. And Jesus handed them the wine too and said to them, drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood shed for the remission of all your sins. He said that also to them. No. That cup and that baptism he was talking about was not about paying for sins, it was the opposite. Remember how Jesus had told his disciples that as people did to him, they would also do to those who were his followers. We need to understand that the lives of Christians is going to include suffering too, it's going to include suffering and affliction. Christ suffered, we'll suffer too. As followers of Christ, we have to realize we're called to serve. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. We're called to humbly serve. That's that's what we're called to in Christ. And that's not easy for us. Not easy. Especially if we've if hard things to deal with in our life or in our family. But when we serve and also when we suffer, it's never to pay something back to God. If we, we think we need to, to do that, we're going to lose Jesus Christ. We're going to lose him. No, we're given his proof of full payment every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And all we owe him is thanksgiving to serve him in humble gratitude with our whole heart. Serve him with the amazing, for the amazing love and grace that he has shown to us when he gave his life a ransom for us. Amen. Congregation, let's sing in response to the explanation of our confession, hymn 62, stanzas 1, 2, and 3.